Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome to the Lovers of God Deliverance Ministry podcast. Thank you for joining in with us today. Um, I just want to take a minute and give God glory for everything that he's done um, over the course of this weekend, as today is Saturday. Today is the day that Jesus was in the grave, but thank God Sunday is coming. Jesus, we thank you, Lord, for the work that you did on the cross. We thank you, Lord, for the gift of Resurrection Sunday that is coming, Lord, and the salvation that you brought to us through the breaking of your your flesh and the flowing of your blood, Lord. We appreciate you and everything that you're doing. Father, I ask that you open up our ears and um, give us ears to hear what the Spirit's saying to us today, and, and um, Lord, have a... Help us to have open hearts to receive the word that you've given. And um, I want to thank the Lord for each and every one of my listeners, whoever they may be and wherever they may be. Thank you for tuning in again. Um, Lord, bless them and keep them. Bless them financially. Bless them physically, mentally. Bless them in their health, Lord. And, And be with them today as they go throughout their everyday lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Today I want to talk about the veil. Today I want to talk about the significance of the veil being torn in two and what does that physically represent. But in order to to fully understand, we must look at how it applies to the garden and the cross of Christ. That's Old and New Testament. If you look at Genesis chapter 3, verse 23, it says, Therefore the Lord God sent him forth from the garden of Eden to till the ground from whence it was taken. This is after Adam and Eve fell in the garden. They had already eaten from the, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And so the Lord has sent him forth from the garden to till the ground from where he was taken. So he drove out the man and he placed at the east of the garden of Eden cherubims and a flaming sword which turned every way to keep the way of the tree of life. So a a cherubim, if you want to know more about that, um, Ezekiel, I think chapter... 1 and 10 explains it beautifully. Uh, You can go and further study that on your own if you would like to. Um, So, But here in the garden, a cherubim equals a symbol for separation between God and man. A cherubim was placed in the east of the garden and Adam had to constantly look at at that thing it was a it was an angel that was always before the Lord um, and he was placed there to guard the way so that Adam and Eve could not get back in um, so that you know because God knew that they would want to eat more of the fruit and gain more knowledge so he set them out and placed a cherubim as a constant reminder and then if you'll turn to Exodus 26 31 Moses' instructions for the veil. And thou shalt make a veil of blue and purple and scarlet, 
and fine twined linen of cunning work with cherubims and it it shall be made so the veil Moses received instructions to also embroider cherubims into the veil so not only was this like a, a thick curtain made of like multiple uh, different layers so it was like really heavy um, very huge um, there's a further breakdown in it if you want to read further but um, so the cherubims notice again they are included in the separating of God and man because in the tabernacle only the priest could go into the Holy of Holies so they still had a constant separation between the presence of God and man and only a consecrated priest could go in So even the tabernacle was a constant reminder of separation and the need for atonement. The priests, when they would go in, they would they would cast all of the cares and all of the all the sins of the nation on the sacrificial lamb. But when he would come out, he would come out still feeling uh, shame and condemnation. And the people would still go home and have a constant conviction of their sins and a reminder that they have to go back next year uh, for the for the next day of atonement. But why would they have to do that if their sins was really forgiven? Because they repented without remitting. So you can repent. You can very much say, I'm sorry, Lord, for a particular thing without actually turning away from the sin and it does no good you need constant repentance but the finished work of the cross Jesus said it is finished when he when he died on the cross when he gave up the ghost he said it is finished so it truly is finished you don't have to keep repenting if you truly turn away First Samuel chapter 15 verse 22 and Samuel said hath the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord behold to obey is better than sacrifice and to hearken that means to listen than the fat of rams so what the Lord is saying here or actually you know Samuel saying this but it's through the Lord He's saying literally, like, I desire you to obey and to listen before your sacrifices. So before any works that you have to give to the Lord, you must first listen and obey. That was pre-temple period. Let's look at post-temple period. In Isaiah chapter 1 verse 11 through 14. It says, To what purpose is the multitude of your sacrifices unto me, saith the Lord? I am full of the burnt offerings of rams and the fat of fed beasts. And I delight not in the blood of bullocks or the lambs or of he-goats. 
when ye come to appear before me, who hath required this at your hand, to tread my courts. Bring no more vain oblations. Incense is an abomination unto me. The new moons and Sabbaths were calling the calling of the assemblies. I cannot away with it. It is iniquity, even the solemn meeting. Your new moons and your appointed feasts, my soul hateth. They are a trouble unto me. I am weary to burn them. Or bear them, I'm sorry. So the Lord's literally saying, you're, you're offering vain sacrifices. You're, you're celebrating new moons and appointed feasts in vain. I do, I do not uh, take pleasure in them. Is what the Lord was saying. So again, they were reminded of their constant separation and their need for atonement. And the Lord was reminding them even further that he no longer takes pleasure in their sacrifices. Again, the Lord had already made up his mind that there was only one sacrifice that was worthy, and he was on his way. So I'll, so the, the veil with the cherubim represents separation and sin. I also want to talk about another meaning for the veil. It also represents Jesus' torn flesh. Jesus' torn flesh. And let's see. You have to bear with me. I'm outside. I'm sorry. In Hebrews chapter 10. for the law having a shadow of good things to come and not the very image of the things can never with those sacrifices which they offered year by year continually make the corners or I'm sorry the comers thereunto perfect for then would they not have ceased to be offered because that the worshippers once purged should have had no more conscious of sin. So remember the priest would feel condemnation. They would still feel consciousness of sin every year because they're, they was offering vain sacrifices. But in their sacrifices, there is a remembrance again made of sins every year. For it is not impossible that the blood of goats and bulls should take away sins. Wherefore, when he cometh unto the world... He saith, Sacrifice and offering thou wouldest not, but a body hast thou prepared me. In burnt offerings and sacrifices for sin, thou hast had no pleasure. Then said I, Lo, I come to do thy will, O God. Above, when he said, Sacrifice and offering and burnt offering, 
an offering for sin thou wouldest not, neither hast pleasure therein, which are offered by the law. Then said he, Lo, I come to do thy will, O God. He taketh away the first, that he may establish the second. So here Jesus is saying that he's come to take away the first and establish the second. That's the take away the first covenant and establish the second. By that which we will we are sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once and for all. And every priest standeth daily ministering and offering oftentimes the same sacrifices, which can never take away sin. But this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down on the right hand of God, from henceforth expecting till his enemies be made his footstool. Hallelujah. For by one offering he hath perfected forever them that are sanctified. Whereof the Holy Ghost also is a witness to us. For after that he had said before, This is the covenant that I will make with them after those days, saith the Lord. I will put my laws into their heart, and in their minds I will write them. And their sins and iniquities will I remember no more. Now where remission of these is, there is no more offering for sin. Having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, which he hath consecrated for us through the veil, that is to say his flesh. You have access to the most holy place. Your admission fee has been paid with the most expensive price. The treasure of heaven, paid in full by the blood of the Lamb. The garden is now accessible to man. The cherubim no longer is needed to separate us. And the veil tearing in two signified to us. We no longer have to sit on the outside, looking in, waiting for the priest to say, we're forgiven. We can boldly enter into his presence and know that he turns his eyes and ears towards us when we call. Thank you, Jesus, that you have done that for us when you said it was finished on the cross. I thank you, Lord, for each and every drop of blood that was spilled on the ground for us. I thank you, Lord, for every sin that you took upon you, every whip that you received at the whipping post, Lord. It was all for us, and we thank you for it. It, it humbles us, Lord. And in that very night when you was being betrayed, you you still washed Judas' Judas's feet. You still washed your enemy's feet, Lord. You had communion with them. Such a beautiful yet raw scene, I can only imagine the emotions that were running through their minds. Lord, I just appreciate you for the stripes that you took upon you, and that you didn't waver in anything, you didn't hold back, you didn't change your mind. 
He still looked at us with love and compassion to still save us from our sins and heal us from the wages of sin. Father, I thank you, Lord, for sending your son to die on the cross for us. I thank you for this holy weekend. Father, I pray over anyone that may be listening. I pray that you supernaturally touch them. And that they'll stir up repentance in their hearts for the things that they know they are guilty of. And the things they know they need to walk away from. And the big things or the little things, it doesn't matter, Lord. If, it, if it's not something that bears witness with your heart, Lord, show it to us so that we can change. I thank you, Lord, for the Holy Spirit that was sent for us to correct us and to comfort us and to heal us, Lord, and and to teach us. And I thank you for all those things, Lord, because you are our comforter and you truly do fulfill all of the desires of our hearts when we truly learn to rest in you. Help us to always remember to rest in you and to take everything to you and to take it through the through the lens of the the cross and and what you've done and what you've finished on the cross. Most of the things that we go through, we can look at it from the perspective of the cross and really know that it is finished. A lot of us would have a lot easier time if we would just receive that revelation of what Jesus really did for us. So I thank you, Lord, that you open up our hearts and our minds and bodies so that we can receive this word. And as we're pondering what you did on the cross for us and and the resurrection that took place tomorrow and 2,000 years ago, Lord, we just thank you for all of those things. I lift up everyone that may be listening today or tomorrow or or two years from now, Lord, and I just pray that you bless them supernaturally. In Jesus' mighty, mighty name, amen. Thank you guys for listening. If this has touched you in any way, please feel free to to shoot a comment or or look us up on Facebook. We're Lovers of God Deliverance Ministry. And uh, you can get in touch with us there. If you have a specific prayer request, um, please feel free to reach out. I would love to pray with you. And again, thank you for tuning in and giving me your time. God bless.